Welcome to the Library Love Fest podcast. I'm Virginia Stanley. I'm Chris Connolly. And I'm Lainey Mays. We are the library marketing team at HarperCollins Publishers. Above all, we love bringing librarians and great books together. Join us every week as we present buzzworthy books through author interviews, conversations with editors, and expert opinions from librarians like you. Enjoy the show. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Check it out. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Brought to you by Library Love Fest. Hello, librarians. This is Chris Connolly with the HarperCollins Library Marketing Team. Today, I am thrilled to be joined by Andrew Graff, debut author of Raft of Stars, which is the HarperCollins Lead Read pick for winter 2021. If you're unfamiliar with the Lead Read program, uh, every season, the HarperCollins sales staff votes on one title that we think is special that has a chance for both critical and commercial success. Some examples include Paulette Giles' News of the World, uh, Lou Burney's November Road, and also Natasha Trethewey's Memorial Drive. So, um, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for this special book. How are you doing today? I'm I'm doing okay. How are you? <laughs> okay, I think okay is a fair fair place to be uh, considering the times. Um, but if there was ever a book that I think we needed, it's a book like Raft of Stars, which is, you know a harrowing adventure-filled story of two boys, young boys on the run, thinking they've committed a horrible crime and they set off into the woods of Wisconsin, Northern Wisconsin on an adventure that uh, involves a really amazing cast of characters. And I don't wanna give away the story. I would like you to just kind of introduce yourself to librarians and talk a little bit more about Rapid Stars. Yeah, well, thanks again for inviting me. This is, uh, this is wonderful. Um, so as, as you mentioned, the plot of Raft of Stars, the book is set in, in northern Wisconsin, up near the border of the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. That's home to me. That's where I, that's where I grew up. So uh, the farms, the lighting out firecrackers and silos, the whitewater rivers, um, that stuff is baked in. You know, I was excited to share that. The plot takes off when the, when the two boys, as you mentioned, uh, believe they've committed a crime and they're forced into the wilderness of the Mishicot forest in the fictional Marigami County of Wisconsin. And they're pursued uh, by two other casts of characters that are given equal time on the page. There's the boy's grandfather, Teddy, and the county's interim sheriff, Cal, who's kind of questioning his life in, in law enforcement. Uh, they're pursuing the boys on foot and on horseback, and Cal's doing a poor job of it. And then the other cast of adult characters that follows the boys uh, consists of one of the boys' mothers, Miranda, who is sort of filled with a fierce sort of faith, and uh, nothing, nothing is going to stop her from getting her son. And she's accompanied in a canoe by uh, Tiffany, who is the local gas station attendant and um, an aspiring poet with purple hair. So as these, as these casts of characters go out into the forest uh, toward the river's end, uh, they're all kind of wrestling with the question eventually as they're lost in the wilderness of, uh, am I going to be okay? 
like, am I going to make it? And, and I think that Raft of Stars is a book that tries to answer that and kind of takes care of the reader's heart and says, yeah, yeah, it's bad. It's scary, but you're, you are going to make it. You're going to be okay. I love that. Are we going to make it? Which I think is a question that is as pertinent now as it maybe has ever been. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and yeah, it's just, it's, it's funny, the timing of this book. I just do think it's a book we need now in this moment. And it's always kind of a fascinating thing to see that timing align. Um, I want to read this quote by Richard Russo, uh, author of Empire Falls and Chances Are. I had no idea people wrote books like Andrew J. Graff's Raft of Stars anymore. A rousing adventure yarn full of danger and heart and humor and characters worth worrying about. It's as if after observing the deplorable state we're all in right now, the author took it upon himself to raise our collective spirits. Bravo. Uh, so I'm curious your thoughts on that sentiment. Were you, did you feel like you were writing something that was harder to find now in literature? Was, was that a conscious decision on your part? I don't, I don't believe that it was. And, I'm, and thanks to Richard Russo for that praise that, you know, uh, sur surprised me and thrilled me. And I, and I'm, and I'm very thankful for it. I don't think I was I was trying to write something um, necessarily unique. You know, I I teach writing classes, and I I often joke with my students that like the worst way to advance the literary conversation is to sit down and say I will now advance the literary conversation. You know what I mean? That's not going to work out. Um, I did I did try to write a book that I think a whole family could read together. One, uh, I think, it, I think it, it broaches subject matter that's serious enough to kind of satisfy adults, but it's also not, it's not a terribly dark book. You know, I would feel comfortable, I'll just speak for myself, like giving it to my grandma and, you know, like a 12 year old cousin and saying, we can all read this together at the beach house. I, I do think, you know, if, if, um, if anything else shaped it, I, I do admire books. And I mentioned this at the beginning that sort of take care of my heart, you know? Um, there was a time in my life where I, where I thought that art had, had to be dark, to be serious. You know, we're kind of trained up in that gloom, so to speak, but that's not the whole picture. So I, I appreciate stories that can take me through, you know, real threats and dangerous spaces but then say at the end, um, it's, it's either okay, or you can imagine the characters will be okay, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. Two I read this year that, that kind of fit that bill for me. And both of these writers, just to be upfront, read Raft of Stars and, and, and enjoyed it. So I'm happy to sort of plug them as well. But their work does this. And I think it's uh, uh, J. Ryan Straddles, The Lager Queen of Minnesota, his books, Leave me in a space where I feel hopeful or light. And also Little Faith by Nicholas Butler. That book was harrowing. Wow, I was on the edge of my seat. And even though at the end, it's not a clean resolution, it's not a neat bow tie, I was able to imagine uh, that things would be okay. So I, bought, I, I like stories that don't dump me off in the abyss at the end, you know? And uh, I, think, I think that sort of inspiration may have guided where Raft of Stars went. Excellent. Um, 
And, you know, so, and you've, you've led an interesting, varied life, you know, even before becoming an author and a teacher. And, and you mentioned that you grew up uh, in this place in, you know, northern Wisconsin and, you know, the, the woods and the river, and particularly the river, were important to you. Could you guide us through your journey of, you know, starting in this place, where you went and how you kind of came back around to approach this place? It's obviously very precious to you and how and, and kind of bring that to the page. Mm. Well, I think I, I think I started writing Raft of Stars um, during a time when I when I felt at home again for the first time in quite a long time. I, I grew up in northern Wisconsin. I grew up on these rivers, you know, at the end of a dead end road in a township of a village of 1900 people. I loved it. It was a great way to grow up, man. I had a dog and some brothers and a pedal bike and a swamp, you know, it was good. And then uh, I left, you know, I, I grew up and I left and I went into the to the Air Force. Um, I served in Kandahar, Afghanistan. I did my four years. And then I spent the next uh, six and se six or seven years bouncing around uh, schools, you know, doing my undergrad at Lawrence University, going off to, to Iowa. And um, I started writing Raft of Stars during a time when my wife and I moved home up to, I took my first uh, teaching job at a small college in Northern Wisconsin. And we lived on the banks of the Peshtigo River, which is, you know, a, a little, sibling to the Menominee River where I grew up. And I felt I felt planted and kind of landed. And it was it was in my basement, starting uh, fires in the wood stove during a cold Wisconsin January, that I wrote the first lines. And it was just these boys pushing their bikes down a gravel road. And as I got to know to know them, I said, Yeah, your childhood, to some extent, is mine, right? The sights and sounds and smells and people in these small towns. And, um, and I knew that they would, you know, when I looked out of my house, I could see the river and it was it, it's silty black, you know, lots of snow. And I knew, and a lot of islands. And I didn't know where, who those boys were yet. I didn't know what they were gonna do, but I knew that they were gonna get out there. So yeah, I felt home and I was excited to finally write about and share that space because I do love it dearly. It really does. It, it, it comes through in the words and, and the scenes and these characters in particular. I want to talk a little bit more about the two boys at the center of the story. So we have Fisher Fish Branson and Dale Bread Breadwin. They go by Fish and Bread. And I think one thing that really brought them to life was when they first started grappling with being alone in these woods. And there's a scene, there's actually two books that came to mind for me, not because they're exactly the same portrayal of boyhood but i thought of of course the adventures of huckleberry finn and i also just as a comparison lord of lord of the flies came to mind just as like a comparison piece for like what a boy can do when feeling free and adventurous can you talk about did either of those books have you i mean were, were they ever part of your mind when you're talking about you know writing boyhood and especially kind of boyhood uninhibited and could you just talk a little bit more about writing those those boys and and their development yeah yeah thanks um uh, huck finn definitely came to mind uh not lord of the flies but i can i can see that that kind of uninhibited freedom and there's a 
there's a threat that comes with that and there's potential that comes with that. And I think those boys experienced experience both. For me, when the, when the boys were out alone in the vacuum of a wilderness, you know, they were, they were asking the question, are we going to be okay? And if so, who's going to take care of us? You know, are we going to do it ourselves? Is the wilderness going to show up and provide? Um, and as they navigate that, they fight and they make up and they get hopeful and they despair. And for me, it seemed pretty natural. I think kids are good at feeling and I think they're good at reconciling much more so than adults, you know? Uh, I just, I, so I, again, I would at times think back to, you know, my own childhood. I could ride my bike down the dead end road and there was a family with three boys and we would jump our bikes and build hay forts all day. And um, man, we would, we would, at least once a week, someone would, would fight. You know, we'd play until someone fought, fought or cried. And then within minutes, we would make up. It would be fine and we'd be on our way again. So I think there's that idea of resilience and the ability to feel deeply and let it out and the ability to, to rally and reconcile. You know, the kids seem particularly good at that. So I just, it was fun to watch those boys go. You know, I knew they needed to get somewhere and they kind of eventually took care of the rest. Excellent. Now, and there's, as we kind of mentioned earlier, there's a fantastic cast of adult characters that are central to the story as well. You have uh, Fish's granddad, Teddy. Uh, you have Miranda, who is Fish's mother. You have Sheriff Cal. And you have Tiffany, the gas station attendant. Um, and they are all in this, this small town in Wisconsin, Claypot, Wisconsin. And this is a town, you know, that's you could say has fallen on hard times, or at least the people experience hardship in a specific way. What's it like writing these characters in this place, in this moment, and, and being both kind but not overly sentimental? Because I think they're so well-written and the place is so well-written, but there's definite problems that many of them are facing. So could you talk about writing these people in this place a little bit more? Sure, yeah. Um, well, I, I've lived in small towns my, my entire life, you know, other than when I was off in the Air Force, I think, you know, I lived in Charleston, South Carolina, which is beautiful. But even then I lived on the Air Force base, which is kind of its own little village, you know. So as I, as I, as I wrote about these people and about this, this sort of space, um, I think, I think the love that I feel for them is real because that's where I'm from, you know, and the people I love are from those spaces and live in those spaces. So that seemed natural. Um, and I also think that if there is a lack of sentimentality, I think that felt natural too, because I, I, I know small towns. I, I live in a village right now. It's not even a town. Well enough that, that I can't just look at them and say, oh, how quaint. You know, I, I've also lived through the, the underbelly and, and the hardships and you know, some piece of industry closes down and there goes a town where everyone's parents worked. So it, it seemed like a, like for me, an enjoyable space to write. And it seemed like one I could, I could tell well. And Claypot, Wisconsin 
is sort of a, a combination of a lot of the different small towns that I've I've lived in. You know, the barber shop, the bingo hall, the Briars Feed and Tax. These are the I'm I, I was pulling these from different spaces where I where I've actually lived. But I, I hope to live in small towns um, for the rest of my life. Frankly, I love cities. I love visiting them. Um, but they make me sort of anxious, and then I love going home to my small town. So, yeah, it's home. Well, that makes sense. Um, and so, I, I want to read this great starred review from Library Journal. This is Barbara Holford. She says, "Raft of Stars" is a profound reflection on human bonding, and I think that's a really interesting phrase. Human bonding. It's an interesting concept, uh, considering again, like how fractured everything seemingly is now. So. Could you talk about that concept and kind of what it's like to see your book published now in this current moment that we're living in? Yeah, that makes me really happy. I've, I've been hearing from readers um, saying it leaves them with a feeling of hope. And I say, thank goodness. You know, that, that's the best possible review. If people can read it and feel entertained, but also maybe a little more brave uh, for their own wilderness the next day, awesome. I think that the characters in this, in this story all have to find the best version of themselves to come through and to bond and to make it. I think the wilderness itself eventually speaks and answers the question, yes, you're going to be okay. But as they go down river, all of these characters are transforming and they're all shedding something Sheriff Cal is wrestling with his, his law enforcement identity, this thing that he never really wanted anyway. And when he's able to shed it, he's able to connect and move forward. Tiffany is, is, is wrestling with her, her fear of connection. She doesn't want to be burned again. She's been burned enough by others. Uh, when she's able to shed that outer layer she again finds something very pure and very good inside of herself. And I think, you know, I think when I look at the, when I look at the, the, the state we're in now as a culture, as a world, as a nation, I think if we can come to the space where we're able to say the best part of me promises to see the best part of you. And if we can particularly say that to, to those who confuse us, or even scare us, that's a start. It's better than outrage and fear, you know? So uh, that's what I think these characters went through. And that's why I think these characters all in their own way um, began to discover out in that woods. I think that's beautiful and wise and ultimately so true. And I love that this book is here to kind of usher us through some of that. So. Again, this book is so very special. And Andrew, I wanna thank you again for joining me today for the interview. Um, librarians, as you know, this book is coming March 23rd. It's a fantastic, unforgettable debut that I think will be a cherished part of your circulation for many, many years to come. It is a modern day classic. You don't get to say very often, I'm happy to say it about this book. Um, so that's Wrath of Stars coming March 23rd. Andrew, thank you again for joining me for this interview. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you, Chris, so very much. Thank you for listening to the Library Love Fest podcast. For more information on this week's episode, go to librarylovefest.com. Enjoying the show? We would love to hear what you think. 
Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Library Love Fest and on Instagram at Harper Library. Be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and share the show with a friend. Lastly, if you enjoy our show, we bet you'll enjoy all of the other podcasts from HarperCollins Publishers. Find a list of shows at harpercollins.com forward slash podcast. See you next week.